Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to episode 81 of the Relationships Made Easy podcast. And today, I'm going to talk to you all about what I call belief snuggies. <laughs> and these are basically faulty beliefs that get in the way of you having a rich and satisfying relationship with yourself and really everyone around you. So today I'm going to teach you what those specific snuggies are and what specifically to do to get out of them. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Hey there, Dr. Abby Metcalf coming back at you in your living room or your car or you're walking around the neighborhood, wherever you happen to be. It is ever so nice to be here with you. I do look forward to our time together, I have to tell you. It's one of my absolute favorite things every single week. So, and I'm, as always, you're gonna be shocked to hear this. I'm really excited to share about today's <laughs> today's topic because it's something I've been talking about, I think for about 20 years, maybe 25 years. I know I'm old, back it up. So <laughs> if you're as old as me, you remember these commercials back in the day for Snuggies. And Snuggies are still around. I just Googled to make sure. Uh, but if you haven't seen one before, imagine like a big hoodie and a blanket having a baby. So yeah, Snuggie is basically a wearable blanket with sleeves. And the idea is to barricade yourself in your house, you know, cue up something to binge watch and wrap yourself up in your Snuggie where you'll be super warm and cozy in your own little world of comfort. And I can see how the original Snuggie was a beautiful thing, uh, fashion don't aside, but 
there's another kind of Snuggie I'm going to talk about with you today. And they these Snuggies inspired this uh, psychological Snuggie I'm going to talk about. So today I'm going to teach you all about something I call belief Snuggies. And these are rules, attitudes, principles, truths, and thoughts that have become part of the fabric of your life. They're so omnipresent that you don't even realize that these beliefs aren't facts. You're just sure they're facts. They're so embedded that you don't question them, you don't, you know, think twice about them, even though you end up basing so many of your decisions and actions on these subconscious drives. Now, these Snuggies are basically faulty beliefs that get in the way of you having a rich, satisfying, connected, happy relationship with yourself and everyone around you. So belief Snuggies create disconnection, resentment, dissatisfaction, and unhappiness in your life, basically. And all of your belief Snuggies, just like the originals, are very comforting in the moment. You, you know, wrap yourself up in them and hunker down, blissfully burrowing into a world where you're right, but not happy. And it's understandable why you have them. In fact, the most ancient part of your brain, your amygdala, has adopted them to keep you safe. The issue is that your brain is wrong when it comes to your safety in our modern world. And your amygdala is all about scanning the environment for threats. I talk about the amygdala a lot. I will link to um, my podcast on the lizard brain how your lizard brain is keeping you stuck, where I go much more in depth. I don't want to spend a lot of time right here, but just trust me that your amygdala, it's uh, it's always scanning for threats. It's always looking in your environment for anything that could possibly even remotely be something that could be upsetting to you or uh, upset you or threaten you in some way. So now threats a few millennia ago were things that would, of course, kill us, right? Wild animals, not having enough food or water, strangers coming to take your resources, you know, to to kill the to kill people and take the women and whatever, you know. Th- this this was back then, but these are not things to <laughs> you have to worry about on a daily basis in 2020. But your amygdala is still on high alert. It doesn't know our our your brain has not evolved the way you think because again we're kind of blips in the world of evolution. So things that your amygdala interprets as life or death threats today include fights with your partner, potential potential conflicts, anything it sees as a potential problem, projects due at work, you know, a bill coming in the mail, your dog pooping on the carpet, and a bunch of other just routine and unavoidable factors that are not a threat to your actual life, but your amygdala treats like one. Yeah, it thinks it is. So enter your belief Snuggies into <laughs> this scenario. These are your ancient brain's ways of keeping you emotionally safe. And as I said, you know, you wrap yourself in these to feel better and reassured, and they do work really well in the short term. They do. The problem is that these beliefs completely undermine our feelings of personal power, our personal responsibility. 
these these facts, these things you consider facts, they leave you feeling like you don't have choices or influence and you don't have options. And that's a big problem as we know. That's when we start feeling depressed and anxious. So belief snuggies will trick you they will toy with you and ultimately leave you dissatisfied, miserable, and feeling very alone, much like some people you may know. So if you're routinely feeling dissatisfied, resentful, wanting, or disconnected, then it's time to throw off those belief snuggies and find a new way. And so before I get into the four belief snuggies and effective ways to throw them off, I want to just give a shout out that if you're listening right now, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, our, you know, it, it, you must be because you're sitting there, right? Right now, you're taking your valuable time to listen. So what I would love, please, 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 is for you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, it helps the more subscribers, the more people can get to know about it and of, uh, about me and what I'm doing. And uh, you know, my mission is to change the world one relationship at a time. And uh, this is my give to the world. Uh, as you know, you've been listening. It's free. Uh, there's there's no tricks, and I'm always giving high value, high co- you know valuable content. And uh, so please, you know, subscribe to the to my to my <laughs> to my podcast. And then, if you could please leave a review, if you like it, if you're happy with what's going on here, could you give me back? I'm I'm giving here to you. Would you please please give back and leave a review? Again, the more reviews there are, the more people find out about it. Um, and and most importantly, when they read reviews, like I don't know about you, when I read reviews, it gives me a sense of whether that podcast is for me. Because sometimes I'll see a five star rating, which we are, of course. Um, I'll see that, and that's great. But I don't know if still what's inside is for me, and I really really don't want to waste my time. So if you leave a review and say what you like or what you find special about it, that really helps other people decide if this is the right podcast for them without having to actually listen. Because I really don't want to waste anybody's time either. If this isn't for them, you know, God bless you, move along. Uh, So for all those reasons, please subscribe, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me. And of course, you know, share it with someone. Like if you think this is great, share it with a friend, share it with someone else. And those of you already have, a lot of you have written in, I so appreciate it. So there you have it. Okay, that's my little pitch, my little ask. Okay, thank you so much. Let's get to it. Let's get to the four belief snuggies and effective ways to throw them off. So you ready? I'm gonna do a drum roll. You know, I like that. Can you hear it on my desk? Okay. (laughs) Belief snuggie number one. It's the victim blame snuggie. So I've said it before, I'll say it again, terrible things happen to people on a daily basis. There's no no two ways about it. You might have your own painful experience that you believe defines you in some way. Maybe you were, God forbid, molested as a child or uh, have an alcoholic parent or a partner who cheated on you or if you lost a job unfairly, been uh, discriminized against in some way. Many people are victimized at some point or many point in their lives. And it sucks, pure and simple. It sucks, people. It's not okay. I've been on this end. It, it's the worst. However, I've said it before again, and I'll say it again, being victimized and being a victim are two different things. If something unfair or horrible has happened to you, by all means, deal with those feelings attached to whatever it is, and then it's time to move forward. That's right. 
Don't let a terrible event or a difficult time in your life define who you are now and what you're capable of now. So I don't mean that you should deny something happened or just forget about it. It's important and very important to to lick your wounds, to feel sorry for yourself, feel enraged, cry, get angry, any of those things. Giving yourself this initial comfort and time to make sense of things is super healthy. So, you know, putting on the Snuggie is a really healthy thing, but wrapping yourself up in the hurt, constantly reliving it, fearing the future and grieving the past is a big problem. When we get caught up in that over and over, all the talking and the hashing it out in the world isn't gonna change a bad memory into a happy one. I know, I'm sorry, it's just not. It's also gonna make you feel like crap. It's gonna make you feel like doo-doo. So endlessly exploring, endlessly processing, mulling over the past doesn't help your present or your future. It just doesn't. So now maybe you're somebody who had nothing particularly horrible happen to you, but you still act like a victim in your life. Maybe you can't seem to lose weight or stop smoking, or uh, maybe you're maybe you and your partner fight all the time. Um, but th- but your partner won't change what they're doing. Maybe your father talks down to you every time you see him. When others won't change and we feel they're negatively impacting our lives, it's easy to slip into victim mode. And it's time to cut that shit out. Yeah, I said it. I said it. It's time to stop blaming anyone else for anything in your life. It's your life. It's your responsibility. Acting like a victim and blaming others gets you nowhere except burrowed further into that Snuggie. Understanding that you always have choices is the first step. You really do always have a choice. Partner won't go to couples counseling and says it's all your fault. You have a bunch of choices. You can you can stay and do nothing different. You can stay and work on yourself and what you can change. You can leave and be done with the relationship or leave and you can still work on the relationship, but out of the house, you know, maybe something's easier with a little distance, but complaining about your partner doesn't change a thing and gives your partner all the power in your relationship. Do you see how that works? You know, if, is your boss a total a-hole? Well, again, you got lots of choices. You could update your resume and start looking for a new job. You can enroll yourself in night school. Uh, maybe try to change industries. You could confront them. You can complain to their supervisor or you could quit when you go in today. Complaining about your boss doesn't change a thing and gives your boss, again, all the power at your job. So unless you're being forcibly held against your will, you always have some choices. And I'm telling you, you got more than two. Always have more than two. So if you only see two choices, that's a problem. Always know that that's a fear part of your brain and there should be at least at least three, four, five, six. You might not like the other choices. I'm not saying you're gonna like them, but it doesn't mean you don't have them. So there are definitely appropriate times to feel sad, mad, even depressed. Life throws curveballs and I've wallowed in them for a bit. I'm sure you have. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is thinking that you have no choice. You always have a choice in how you feel and how you react to situations. Realizing you have that choice gives you power even in those super dark moments. So, and I'll just give a, a little caveat here to obviously anyone who has serious chemical imbalances, um, you know, severe chronic depression or something else, your choices here aren't in 
oh, I, you know, I could suddenly feel happy if I chose. You, you, you know, you have a chronic imbalance. It doesn't work that way. But you do have a choice to get medication, to seek treatment, to try different treatment if nothing is working, to keep, to never give up on yourself, right? I had all those years and, you know, trying to clear up, get, get clean from my drug addiction. And it took many, many attempts, many, many, many. Uh, you just, you know, the secret is not to give up on yourself and to keep moving until you kind of find that right formula. So what do you do if you're using a victim blame belief snuggie? So what do you do? Well, first things first, stop blaming and start taking full responsibility for your life and everything in it. I know this kind of sounds obvious, I guess, but it's not. I can't tell you how many people just don't do this. When you're blaming others, there's no responsibility. There's just fault, resentment, guilt, and shame. That's it. That's all you got. And the antidote here is taking responsibility. It's about using your personal power and making changes in your life and the world. If you don't like something, you got to figure out a way to change it. And this often means that you've got to be patient, uh, (laughs) which I know I suck at. I don't know if you suck at. Uh, Changing your relationship if you're the only one working on it isn't going to happen overnight, but you can absolutely change the relationship if you consistently take action no matter how small. And that's the thing too, is being consistent and being steady. So I hear people say things like, well, I tried and tried and I couldn't X, Y, or Z. I couldn't get a new job or I I couldn't, uh, you know, make my relationship better. I couldn't, whatever. I, I hear that and I always ask, okay, well then is it still your goal? If it's still your goal, then you need to try something else. You have to try something you haven't tried. You have to do it. Maybe it's something you've tried before, but you have to do it in a little bit of a different way. Uh, Maybe you've tried to lose weight before. And this time, you know, you got to get an accountability partner. Maybe the the diet or the exercise plan you tried would be a good one, except you need an accountability partner. You have to add something. That Those sort of things happen a lot. If you, you know, something has to change and be different. And it can be pretty small, believe it or not, and make a huge impact. So always think that way. Um, maybe you need to leave your job and can't afford to right now. Um, that means you got to work on what you can change and create a plan to get you to where you want to be. So it doesn't, you know, it could be miserable there and you're thinking I'm trapped and maybe all the, you know, you have the insurance for the family and, you know, your pension's coming, whatever. There's still choices in there and you have to make them. You have to figure out what could I do to make myself happier? And sometimes it's finding, I have a client who really didn't feel like he could leave his, he had a union job and again, you know, the the pension and the insurance, all these pieces. And he just felt like I can't leave this job. It's, you know, it's very lucrative. I can't make this money anywhere else. And I could argue that, that I think there are other ways to make money, but he ended up taking on a volunteer commitment that fills his life. Oh, he feels so good about it. And uh, over time, it took a little bit, but he said, you know, I actually feel happier in my job because I'm just happier. I'm realizing I'm giving to the world and I'm not so frustrated with my job because that's not giving me that. My job is giving me other things, which I'm grateful for, my paid job. And then I'm doing this volunteer thing, which is filling me up my soul, you know, and it's having me feel better. So he actually ended up feeling better about his paid job that he was hating because the rest of his life, it was feeling so full and meaningful. So think of that too. So when you're 
ensconced in <laughs> your victim blame belief snuggie, uh, I also want you to think about your strengths and resources. And I do this a lot when I find myself in these type of situations. You know, I think to myself, well, what do I have working for me right now? What do I have control over? Sadly, that answer never includes other people, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> you all know I like to control. Um, what resources can I bring into the situation? Uh, maybe it's buying a book or finding a therapist or networking or going to the gym. You know, you've had that membership for how long now? You're going to use it or what? You know what I mean? So there's different, there's these questions I ask myself at in these junctures. And I want you to ask you when you're in that feeling like you're a victim or like you're blaming other people. Uh, start with that. Look at your strengths and resources. What do you got right now? What's working for you? What's there? What can you change? What do you have some control over? And again, what are your resources? Like what what maybe do you need to bring in? So take responsibility actively. To do this, you got to notice your thoughts and language, right? You have to, you got to notice it. So it might be something really small, small, um, trying to think of something small. Oh, maybe you uh, trip over one of your kid's toys and you blame them for leaving it out, right? Uh, <laughs> where's your responsibility here? Do you get, do you, do your kids get consequences when they leave their things out or do you just complain to them about it? Were you watching where you were going or were you trying to do too much again and rushing, were, right? There's probably a lot of things you could ask yourself. We blame things all the time in very subtle ways or act like a victim. And I need you to stop it everywhere. I need you to really look at all those little ways you do that because it just sort of feeds itself um, in some way and it doesn't help you at all. So if you find yourself blaming your boss, you know, your friend, your partner, your brother, anyone else, for anything at all, I want you to stop and ask yourself the simple question, what's my responsibility in this? And then focus on how to keep your side of the street clean. So really, when we're in this belief snuggie, it's time to build up your strengths. That's what it's a call to do. Appreciating yourself and building on your assets, your your potentialities is the way to move forward. What When you come from this, uh, this place of personal power, this efficacy, this strength, your mood shifts and you start to feel happier and more energized, which is totally the opposite of those victim feelings. And really, your world really does start to change. So that's belief snuggie number one. I know that was exciting, wasn't it? Okay, belief snuggie number two that you might catch yourself uh, in, get yourself wrapped up in is the what I call the avoidance snuggie. And so some people spend the majority of their time avoiding any kind of conflict or discomfort and tell themselves it's, you know, it's just too scary to confront other people. It's just too scary to, to be out there. So maybe your belief is that you're being mean if you tell someone what you really feel. I get that a lot from folks. Uh, maybe you tell yourself it's just not worth it and don't allow yourself to see the positive impact speaking directly can have. So maybe that's it. Uh, instead of having a dialogue, you wrap yourself in your avoidance belief snuggie and you burrow in for the winter. <laughs> that's a problem. So uh, people who find you know, a lot of different forms of escape so they don't have to look at their lives or deal with their relationships, uh, often like the avoidance snuggie. So ultimately, you're left feeling resentful and alone and 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's like you're looking in on a world that you're not connected to. So if you never have a struggle with another person, how can you feel truly connected? You know, the struggle is part of the yin-yang of all that. So to feel intimacy with others you need to have some skin in the game. You, you got to have that vulnerability, right? That's what it's all about. So you need to put in a piece of yourself and not hide behind the beliefs that tell you it's okay to avoid or dodge, you know, whatever's going on. So avoiding, consistent, consistent avoiding is another belief snuggie. And so what do you do if you're using an avoidance belief snuggie? Well, you got to make a commitment to invest in yourself and your relationships and prom- promise yourself that you won't hide or run away anymore. That's what you got to do. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to the to yourself and the people around you. Become familiar. So the first thing you can do is really become familiar with that bodily feeling when you want to avoid someone or a conversation. You know this. You know, as soon as it comes up, you, does your stomach hurt or does your stomach feel like it's going to drop out? Uh, does your chest feel tight? Does your throat get constricted? There's a way that that shows up in your body every time. And knowing your body's reaction will help you identify when you're being avoidant so that you can be in those moments and notice like, oh, there it is. Because again, it's part of the fabric. You don't even notice that you're doing this. You don't even realize it. I have a client who uh, won't cancel appointments. And he just feels like he can't do it. So if he's got an appointment, you know, for a haircut or something, and then he he realizes he has to change it or he can't do it, he just won't call and he doesn't go back there ever again. I think he's he's he jokes that he's been to every single barbershop in the Bay Area uh, because he keeps changing. And, and I, it's this conflict avoidance at a very extreme level. He just doesn't want to, I don't know, disappoint them or something. He ends up procrastinating too long about canceling it. Like he'll know sometimes a week in advance, oh, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to make it to that appointment. Instead of calling them and just canceling or rescheduling, he waits and waits and waits. And then all, all of a sudden it's the day of and he feels like he can't cancel now because it's too soon. And instead he just doesn't show. And it, obviously it's kind of horrible. These poor people are, there's barbers all over town <laughs> standing around with their scissors with no one to cut, right? Uh, it, it's not, it, it, but I get it. You know, he's just so anxious about it. He just feels so avoidant and he ends up, 
you know, wrapping himself in that little snuggie and not realizing, not really thinking about all this impact he's having and on himself. I mean, how do you feel about yourself when you won't even cancel an appointment? You And he's used the words, I feel like a loser. I'm so stupid. What's wrong with me? I'm broken, whatever. It's, uh, it's horrible. It doesn't get us anywhere. So noticing First, noticing what it is so you're not just on autopilot is really important. And your body is usually you avoidant people. Your body usually shows it up first. And so you're going to need to practice some attention training, aka mindfulness, so you can be in your moments and notice when your brain starts to shut down or retreat. You're going to have to notice it. So you have to notice when your body's having these reactions. So you've got to be in that mindfulness. And once you notice that, you know, that avoidant feeling, act immediately. Say the thing or out yourself in some way so you have to have the conversation. So if you're noticing you're avoiding calling the person to, to cancel your appointment, you would literally call right then. Just stop whatever, you, just call, just call. Stop hesitating. The more you hesitate, the more you get that amygdala going, it starts to light up that fear part of your brain. Because when you're hesitating, and this is interesting, whenever you hesitate, your brain sees it as, oh, there must be a danger close by. So, you know, if we would walk out of our caves back in, you know, a couple hundred thousand or couple million years ago, we would walk, we didn't necessarily live in caves, but we'd walk out of our like shelter and we would hesitate, right? We'd stop, we'd look around, or maybe we were just walking around talking and then we heard something and we'd stop, we'd stop, we'd hesitate. Anytime you hesitate, your brain sees it as a re that there's something about to kill you that you have to really listen for. So it, it lights up that, that amygdala gets really lit up that fight, flight, or freeze response gets really, woo, it's on It's on hyper alert. And that's why we get so incredibly fearful. So the way through that is to not hesitate. As soon as the thought comes, do it. Uh, you know, Mel Robbins has her famous uh, five-second rule, right? So in her world, you'd count five, four, three, two, one, call. Uh, you would just, do, or five, four, three, two, one, say the thing. You you wouldn't hesitate. You wouldn't stay in that. You just do it. And sometimes that countdown really helps. So that can be a really good tool. Uh, so once you notice the avoidant feeling, again, don't hesitate, do something, act immediately. And I'll tell you something about me. You know, as much as I am super direct in my professional relationships, I mean, that's what I get paid to do, right? Have a client in the room uh, and I have to say the hard thing. I do it all the time. I, I run um, a group at a drug and alcohol rehab every month and, you know, clients will say things and I got to say the hard thing. I have to, <laughs> I have to confront them in my way. And I'm very comfortable doing that. I'm very comfortable doing it because I know I'm helping someone. I know I'm really like, this is important. We have to put ourselves out there. I know that modeling that for them is really helping them. So for whatever reason, I can do it super easily. I don't get, even when clients are really mad or yelling at me, it's not like I like it, but I I, I can handle it very well. But in my personal relationships, I sort of suck at this. Well, I don't suck anymore, I think, but I'm not so great. I tend towards being avoidant in my personal relationships. I do. Um, I, this is supposed to be like the cobbler's kids have no shoes kind of thing. I don't know. So one of my best tools is to notice when I don't want to say something. And so then what I do is I say something like, well, um, you know, I'm having a hard time with X, whatever we were talking about or whatever was going on. Can we make a time to talk about it before dinner tonight? I'll do that. Because 
I'm outing myself, right? Now I have to have the conversation because I've said something. And so now the other person will also hold me accountable, be that my partner or my kids even, or my friends. Uh, I put it out there like that. So outing myself and setting up a time to talk helps to keep me accountable and stop me from avoiding. So that's another tip I would use uh, and recommend to you if you are someone who wears that avoidant Snuggie. Okay, two Snuggies down, two to go. Ready? So number three beliefs, your third belief Snuggie is the mind reading Snuggie. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Don't ever assume that anyone can read your mind. I can't tell you how many people I work with who say things like, well, he should know what I want for my birthday, or I know what she's going to say, so I'm not going to say anything. I get that kind of stuff all the friggin' time. People are just feeling like, well, uh, I had the other day, I was talking to a couple and um, he had shared, you know, that he was... Well, he had some stuff go on in his in his work life. Some some yucky stuff had gone on at work, which he had shared with his partner, and she wasn't as I guess compassionate later um, in a different conversation as he would have thought. And he he was saying things like, "Well, you know, she knows the stuff's going on at work. I would expect her to really know who I am and that I'm struggling and that I'm going to have a hard time." Um, and, you know, and so to be really extra kind to me. And I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't, you can't say, well, this is how you show me you love me by being a certain way and reading my mind. And we do this a lot. And it's not just this client, tons of people do it. Uh, we somehow think that the real proof of someone's love is that they can, they know, they know what we're thinking. They know what we're going to say. They know, and they don't, nobody can read your mind and you can't read theirs. So, so get off of that. So, uh, it definitely comes up, I think a lot in romantic relationships, but although I've really seen this between siblings, I've seen it in work situations. Um, and, the answer I often hear to why not just ask for what you want is if I have to say what I want, then he or she isn't really thinking of me. And then if the person buys it for me or does it for me, whatever that thing was, it doesn't mean anything. Like somehow if you have to tell someone something, it doesn't doesn't mean as much when they do it. And again, I don't think so. Like really? Why the heck not? What? Think of this for yourself. If you're your partner says to you, you know, honey, I've never mentioned this before, or I've mentioned this before, but I'm not sure if you heard how important it was to me. <laughs> it would mean a lot to me if you would, you know, insert item here, buy me a new sweater for my birthday. Uh, I emailed you the link, you know, uh, pick up my dry cleaning, come with me to the office party, uh, made time for us to go out to dinner this weekend, whatever, insert your thing. So if you were approached in this, you know, again, loving and clear manner, would you say, no way, loser? <laughs> or would you take a moment and think, wow, my partner's communicating with me and I want to give them what they want? Is it fake because they asked for it? I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. And it's not. Well, I don't think so. I know so. <laughs> it's not fake just because someone asked for it. So it's it's not, you know, when you ask for it, it's the same. It gives your partner an opportunity for a win. It gives them this opportunity to do something, you know, right there that you that you asked for. It's a great thing. So 
Okay. So what do you do if you're if you're putting on that mind reading belief snuggie if you're getting caught in that? Well, say what you need and what you want in a kind and compassionate way. That's the number one thing I would tell you to do. Repeat yourself if necessary, but don't expect anyone to just know. Got it? And I will say that too. I ha- I have people go, "Well, I told him what I wanted and he didn't do it. And I'll say, okay, I know you said it, but was it received? Was it heard on the other side? So one of the things you can do if that if that's something that shows up in your relationship a lot, it means that the person isn't really, they're kind of Teflon for what you're saying. It's sort of sliding off for whatever reason, probably their own anxiety or fear, doing it wrong or overwhelm or whatever might be happening for them. So what I suggest is that you stop and you can say to the person, hey, what did you just hear me say? That's one of those times to have them repeat back what you said. And then you could even say, is that something you want to do? Is that something you feel like you could do? Um, Or you could even, you know, depending on what the thing is, or you could say, so if that's something you can do for me, can you give me a time frame when you think you might be able to do that so I can not think about it? Something like that. All those things work, again, in a kind, compassionate voice. That's that's the great thing there. Um, and in the same vein, you don't try and read anyone else's mind. So don't be afraid to ask your boss for a raise because you know what he's going to say, right? Just ask it anyway. Don't assume you know what everyone else is thinking. Assume that you have no idea what others are thinking or what their motivations are, and instead operate in the here and now in all of your relationships. Just operate in the moment. So ask for the thing. Don't assume, or it should happen because of X or whatever. Get rid of that stuff. It's not helping you, uh, and it's not getting you out of this Snuggie. Okay. Last and fourth. (laughs) The fourth and last belief Snuggie is the outside comfort Snuggie. Oh, yeah. Most people use this at some point. It's a very common practice to look outside ourselves for comfort. And this is a particularly dangerous belief snuggie as it can lead to uh, addiction, health problems, debt, all kinds of crap, right? All across the board. So looking outside ourselves for comfort includes uh, obviously using drugs and alcohol, food, money, relationships, work, sex, to name a few, uh, to make ourselves feel better in the moment and to distract us from the real work we need to do. That's basically what those things do. It is so much easier to have a class, you know, to have a glass of beer or three after you get home from work than talk to your partner about what feels like they're constant nagging. The problem is that our relationships with others don't improve when we don't talk to them. And our relationship with ourselves also worsens when we cop out of the hard conversations. That's what happens. When we don't discuss how we feel with others, we don't build trust. And after a while, that focus becomes uh, the drugs and alcohol or the food instead of our relationships. And that will happen over and over. So we look outside of ourselves for soothing I mean, really at a very early age, right? Just look at any baby crying to be changed or looking for a bottle or putting his thumb in his mouth. And don't tell me you don't have some war stories about trying to, if you have a kid, you have a war story about trying to find the pacifier or that special blanket or whatever, the stuffed animal, the stuffy in a heated moment, right? It's happened if you're a parent, trust me. 
And as babies, of course, we can't change our own diapers. We can't feed ourselves and we need to look outside to soothe. But as we get older, some of those patterns stay with us, although we do have more and more power, obviously, to care for ourselves. But depending on how we attach to our parents and how we were taken care of and all that good stuff, um, and our temperaments and our general environment depends on how well we do or don't do this. So, you know, as we become teenagers, we use different things to self-soothe, right? Then that's where the drugs come in or alcohol or food or buying new new things, clothing, toys, whatever. And a teen might say to herself, well, if I just had those designer jeans, I'd be cool or whatever the kids are saying nowadays. (laughs) This is self-soothing by looking outside ourselves to get what we need inside. And there's a reason it's called retail therapy, people. There's a reason. The issue is that we need solutions that are more lasting, of course, right? It just doesn't last because, or well, it could if you just keep shopping every day, but I don't, you know, I don't have the time or bank to do that. So, and these days, definitely, what, what do we have? We've got video games, social media, our obsessions with our friggin' cell phones are the other main ways we look outside of ourselves for comfort. Cell phones are just like cigarettes. I said all the time. Cell phones are the new cigarettes, right? People have a moment in between things, standing in line, uh, waiting for something, anywhere. And instead of having to smoke, which wasn't, isn't allowed anywhere anymore anyway, Uh, They jump on their phones and distract themselves for even just a few seconds. I see it all the time. And I have to stop myself from doing it all the time. It's amazing to me how avoidant people have become. And I was just, you know, when I was out to dinner the other night, this just happened. uh, There were about, there not about, there were five people, because I counted, sitting at a table next to, uh, I was out with my kids and there was was, uh, five people sitting at a table next to us. Every single one of them were on their phones for the entire meal. The entire meal, they were on their phones. We, we, they came in after us. They left before us because they were done pretty quick because no one's talking and hanging out and chatting right there. And it's bizarre to have almost no interactions. I mean, to me, it is with those around you while you're interacting with people who aren't there right? Because they're on social media, they're playing games, they're emails, they're texting. So they're having all these conversations, I guess you'd say, or interactions with people who aren't there. But then the people that are there, they're not having any with. I I have to tell you, I just don't get it. Um, Or again, maybe they're just staying in their own little world, you know, just interacting with themselves. Maybe they're playing games in their phone or something, but it's just very strange to me. Uh, And I, anyway, but that's a separate thing. So (laughs) it's, I think it's become so common that we stop noticing. We stop noticing how much it's happening. I see parent. I, I saw this the other day. I saw a woman pushing a stroller while on her phone. Like she was pushing it, but she was on her phone. I see it all the time too, but I just noticed this woman especially because there were the kid was yelling to her and she was completely ignoring the kid. You know, the kid's facing forward. She's facing forward. He's sort of, he was or actually might've been he, I don't know, but was turning around trying to get her attention. And she was just on, she was just, I don't know, texting or something. She wasn't even talking on the phone. She was doing something else. It was very, I was like, what is going on? So not only is that dangerous, but I don't know, like what about interacting with your kid or making eye contact with, you know, passersby while you walk or there's just a lot of that is gone. And again, it's all this distraction. And this does get into the avoidance snuggie for sure, but it's out absolutely an outside comfort snuggie using your phone 
um, or again, any of those other kind of social media or any of those kinds of things to stay distracted and not in the moment. So, all right. So what do you do if you're using an outside comfort belief snuggie? What do you do? Well, what you focus on, you can improve. I know. So what's your main outside comfort snuggie? I want you to think of that. Is it drinking? Is it Facebook? Is it food? Is it shopping? Is it video games? You know, what is it? And I want you to start to pay attention to the main way that you check out. Are you hanging out with your kids, but everyone is on their phones? Are you drinking alone every night once everyone else is in bed? Uh, Did you eat that whole bag of potato chips at your desk today? You know, think about where it's really showing up and that's where you want to focus. So you can keep a journal or log noting when you have an urge or a craving to put on your outside comfort snuggie. That's always really helpful. Sort of notice where you were. Were you always in transition? You know, is it in between things? Is it when you get bored? That's true for a lot of people. Uh, You know, when you get uncomfortable, you know, note, you can note the time of day, your feelings, you know, take a minute and kind of journal it and evaluate your thoughts and emotions. And Really, and when you start to think about that and really pay attention, is how you start to change things. Whenever a client comes in and says they want to lose weight, one of the first things I tell them to do is start keeping track of their food, start writing everything down. It really does work. It's amazing. They want to save money or get better with money. I'm like, write down every single penny you spend, write it down. Start being really mindful about where all that money goes. And that's how you can start to change it. And people always come in shocked. I had one woman who she was shocked. She said, I can't believe how much I spent on parking because she lives in the city. She drives her kids around all the time. She's always paying for parking. And she didn't really think of it because a lot of it's very quick. You know, it's like a dollar in the meter or whatever. But I told her she had to track all of it. And she's shot. She was shot. I mean, blown away by how much money was going out every month. It was hundreds of dollars. And she just didn't realize it, that that was, she thought it was all like the coffee or something else. And yes, that was money too. But it was, so again, it was this parking. So when you start paying attention to things is really, really how you can change it. So, and I also want you to think about this. I want you to answer this question. If you're going to journal or note or log, you know, when these, you have these urge or craving to put on that outside comfort snuggie, is what you're doing in alignment with your deepest values? So whatever it is that you're doing, the eating, the shopping, the, I don't know, the phone, whatever it is, is it in alignment with your deepest values? If you're allowing everyone to be on their phones at the dinner table, ask yourself if this is in alignment with your deeper values. If you're putting something else on your almost maxed credit card, ask yourself, if is this in alignment with your deepest values? If you are drinking yourself to sleep most nights, ask yourself, <laughs> Is this in alignment with my deepest values? And this isn't about judging yourself or being critical. I don't want you to go, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm such a loser or whatever. Obviously, that is not my my goal here. It's about taking behaviors off of autopilot and bringing them into the light. That's what we want to do. And that's what we really want to do with all the belief snuggies. So I'm just going to wrap up by saying it's easy to get caught up in our belief snuggies, but they're not in alignment with a happy, connected, and fulfilling life. So it is really time to get woke to these unconscious tribes and start deliberately choosing how you interact with yourself and those around you. And I'm gonna, uh, my, my little giveaway this week 
is uh, it's a really quick little worksheet around the myths about the untruths, the myths about emotions. And because these are all driven by emotions, and I want you to really break down a little bit what emotions are at play. So you can come on over to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast, and you can download this Mids About Emotions worksheet, or you can also, um, well, really, that's the only place to get it. So come on over to the website. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> and as you know, you'll be asked to put in your email. If I already have your email, it won't double it. So don't worry. It's all good. And you'll get your little download. And if I don't have your email and you don't want me to have your email, well, what do you want? You're going to have to get the sheet. No. Uh, what happens when you get on, when I get your email is that you'll get put on my email list, which goes out every week. There's a email a newsletter where I just babble about my life, people. I just babble about my life. <laughs> people seem very interested in though. I talk about my kids and my partner and I do all kinds of stuff. I talk about my personal life quite a bit. And I also hope that they are inspirational and just a little break in your week to help you feel motivated and inspired and give you some new information in a quick format about how to change your life. And of course, I generally remind people about the podcast and other things I have going on. But um, the, you know, it's, I don't know, most people really like being on the list. So, it, and if you don't, for some reason, un, the unsubscribe button is huge. And so you can always just unsubscribe from the list. It's not a problem. I don't know if you do. It's okay. I don't go look. Some people have said to me that they were afraid to unsubscribe because they thought I would notice and be upset with them. Um, and no, of course I would not. And no, I don't notice. I don't look at the list in that way. I, I don't do that. So <laughs> not to worry. You can be very anonymous, but I hope you stay on there. Why would you want to leave? It's so much fun. Uh, being part of the community. So that's it for today. <sighs> As always, it was lovely to spend time with you and talk to you. I would love to hear any thoughts you have about the podcast or if there's something you'd really like to be on a future podcast, please, please email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. So it's just my name, abby at abbymedcalf.com. That should be pretty easy. That's it. Have a joyous, amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.